We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, November fourth, and we'll be talking about the uh, the MMA slate, the UFC Vegas whatever Apex slate coming up uh, tomorrow, four o'clock Eastern. Right, it's a, l- a little bit a little bit early, a little bit early, not like a pay per view card. Uh, so give me give me those thumbs ups. Uh, yeah, I, I feel a little bit better. I'm still. You can tell from the good morning that. I, I still got a cough, so that's why, you know, I I took two days off and I took an extra extra day because I don't feel that bad. It's just that you know, you, I talk for a, a while and then I'll cough for like a minute straight. So that's not very good when it comes to doing shows. So if I if I do cough for a while and you, you, I'll, I'll, press my, I'll press my cough button, my little mute button here. But uh, Wataz, Suki Singh, Kickstart, good morning. Give me those thummy thumbs. You know how much I love those. So this is this is probably just be a short show, right? Just going over the the MMA slate for tomorrow. If you got any questions, post them in the YouTube chat. Uh, hit that no- notification bell to know whenever we go live. There's a bunch of football shows on today, right? I'll still be doing the the game theory show for for premium members because uh, at least Tuttle's on, so uh, he, he he could talk for a while also, right? When I'm on with someone else, it's 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 a little bit easier. But doing this show when I'm the only one talking, it's kind of kind of suck when half the time I'm going to be coughing. But uh, tomorrow, tomorrow's slate, uh, 12 fights. We got the, a, a female main event of uh, Rodriguez and Lemos, uh, which I'm not even sure it could possibly not even be optimal, right? I mean, pro- probably going to be striking. But uh, Marina Rodriguez is, is a volume striker. We, well, well the, the MMA Grounded Pound podcast should be out today. Uh, I didn't do that yesterday because I don't know how do I talk for that long. I haven't coughed yet, so who knows? Uh, so that'll be up for premium members. The expert survey will be up for premium members, so sign up for premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of a combo premium. You get uh, get NFL, you get MMA, you get NBA, you get everything. 
Uh, let's see. So uh, we we got uh, Miranda Maverick as the largest favorite on the slate. Another another female fight. Uh, I think we have her ownership at forty three percent. I think that may come in a little bit lower. Uh, people don't tend to trust the uh, the big female favorites, but I mean Miranda Maverick should probably destroy Shanna Young. Uh, I think the Dawson Matson fight is going to be popular, and I don't think it should be. And we we could get into that a little bit. Uh, so I mean, we could take a look at like from an odds perspective. I mean, we have a we basically Maverick is the only one that's like a huge favorite, minus six hundred, and she has the best inside the distance line on the entire slate. Which I mean, she should be like forty percent up. She should be. Uh, will she come in at forty percent down? I'm not sure. I think a lot of these fighters in like that this this low nine k high eight k range. That's going to be kind of the popular the popular range. Right, people are going to jam in like three of these people, and then probably play Daniel Rodriguez, Lamos. If you're not playing Rodriguez, like I think, like the popular construction will be something like like if we play like Maverick, we play Maverick, and then Dawson, and then let's see, Nerd and Becky maybe. Trying to like, like, see, you've got Lamos, you've got Daniel Rodriguez against Magny, and you got seventy five hundred left. Right, and then you could play well, you, Minner or Madsen if you're not playing. Da- well, if you're not playing Dawson, you play Madsen, like something like this. This is why I think that Maverick isn't going to be as high owned. I mean, she'll be like thirty-five to thirty-eight percent. I mean, like she's still going to be high owned, but I don't know if there's going to be anyone necessarily in this range, in this this nine k eight k high eight k nine k range that's going to be like forty plus percent owned. I think it's all. It's going to be the type of thing where you're going to see like 35s almost the whole way through. <coughs> Maverick at 35, Batista at 35, Dawson at 35, Becky at 35, Rodriguez around 35, Munoz and Ulenbekov around the 30s. A lot of combinations of these fighters. <coughs> Hadley may be the lowest owned of the bunch, but I don't think he's, he's going to be like 10% owned. He may be like 20, 22% owned against Candelario. And people are going to make their constructions like this. And like, if you don't play Maverick in this construction, you go and you're going to play like Mario Batista instead. Like, this is very easy to build a lineup. You know, you put Ramona Pasquale there and there you go. Batista, Dawson, Nerdenbecki, Daniel Rodriguez, Pasquale, and Lemos. And then if you play Rodriguez over one of these people, like instead of playing Nerdenbecki, you play Rodriguez, you have 7,600 and you play like someone like Nate Maness. I think Dar- I think Derek Minner. I think uh, the outside of Lamos, who's the main event underdog, and Daniel Rodriguez against Magny. So I think Magny's going to be one of the lower owned fighters on the slate because of his kind of lack of upside. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to even take down Daniel Rodriguez. I don't even know if he's going to win. Magny could win this fight in a split decision, but it's going to be it's going to be a very low scoring fight if that's the case. Uh but I think like Mark Matson and Derek Minner are going to be quite popular in the low range. Mark Matson only because of wrestling. Like this Madsen Dawson fight, I, I wrote this in the expert survey, which is for premium people. I think the uh, the Dawson Matson fight is the one that I'm avoiding the most. I mean, it's going to be the very owned. We have Matson at thirteen percent. I think he's going to come in close to twenty. I think Dawson's going to be thirty to thirty-five because if you t- box score watchers, if you take a look at the box scores. These guys put up a lot of points when they win. Okay, Dawson and Madsen, because they're they're both wrestlers. 
Uh, the problem is, is that when they put up big scores, they're typically facing strikers. Okay, they're typically facing someone with a deficiency on the mat in some regard. Bad takedown defense, you know, just poor, just a, a pure striker. So they, they they get seven takedowns and stuff like that. But Dawson and Matson are are both good wrestlers. I would say Matson's probably a better wrestler than than Dawson, but Matson's also like I don't know, ten years older than him. Uh, I don't ex- I don't expect Matson to win the fight, but I expect Matson to be competent enough on the mat that. I'm not sure how many takedowns Dawson's going to get. I'm not sure how many takedowns Madsen's going to get. This could be this could be a matchup that it, it, this is favored to to go to decision. Also, right? We take a look at the inside the distance lines. Dawson's plus two hundred. Madsen is is plus eight hundred. Most likely, this goes to decision. And if there's not a dominant, if this is not a dominant thirty twenty seven by someone with you know multiple takedowns. Madsen's more likely to pay off his tag at, at 7,200 because he's the big underdog versus 9,000. But I think people will play Dawson going, you know, takedown City, six takedowns, 12 minutes of control time. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen against Mark Madsen. I think this fight ends up being a dud more often than, than the ownership would suggest. For Dawson to be around, you know, I have him at like 34% owned and Madsen at 22% owned. For over 50% of the lineups to have this fight. Yes, it makes sense if they were facing strikers. But it's like a lot of times wrestler versus wrestler. Like neither of them could get takedowns. And then it ends up just being them fighting on the feet. Or a lot of clenching against the cage. Right? Attempting takedowns and not getting them. Or getting a takedown and the other guy just gets right up. Or reverses or something like that. So that's why I'm going to be lower. I'm I'm only playing six lineups tomorrow. Uh, as I'm playing more of the small field stuff, uh, I out of my six lineups, I will not have Dawson or Mets in any of them. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing that regard. Now, if one of them does get a dominant victory, they could put up 120 points. I, I'm, I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just not sure if it's going to be a dominant victory by either of these, either of them, or if any of them are going to get a submission. Then we, the, the other fight to, to <coughs> that looking at is. <laughs> Shia Lander to Becky <coughs> versus Derek Minner. I think Minner is going to be quite popular. Completely boomer bust. Okay. Derek Minner pretty much only has one path. He's plus 300 to win inside the distance, which is, a, which is a good number for a $7,300 fighter, but he wins one way. And that's with the guillotine. That's pretty much, I mean, he's not much of a striker. He's not much of a wrestler. He pretty much, you know, you try to take him down, and he and he goes for a gilly, and uh, if he doesn't get it, he's dead, pretty much, right? He'll he'll just sit on his back and try and try to get some type of submission or something. Uh, but Nerd and Becky, I mean, he he could have he could have six takedowns. He could he could have twelve minutes of control time. So I view Nerd and Becky like if people are gonna, I like playing the favorites against <coughs> the popular underdogs. So I think people are gonna play Minner, which I think is fine. I mean, dude. First round submission, Minner 105 points, like totally well within the range of outcomes. Absolutely. I get it. I get why Minner is going to be popular. But if Minner cannot get that that round one submission or early round two submission, probably Gases probably gets destroyed, which means Nern and Becky at 8,900 could end up being the highest scoring fighter on the entire slate. <coughs> Another fight. 
that I'm looking at. I'm saying a lot of this because I wasn't on the uh, MMA Ground and Pound podcast yesterday. Uh, I put in the expert survey, my top GPP play on the entire slate is Mario Batista. He's going to be popular. He has a plus 160 inside the distance line. Okay. Probably going to be around 30, mid-30s in ownership. Probably not as owned as Dawson. Probably not as owned as Rodriguez. Probably not as owned as Maverick. He's going to be in the 30s. He'll still be owned. He'll still be there. Uh, But I think the variance of this fight is much higher because Benito Lopez has not fought in three and a half years. Okay? And before that, he didn't fight for a year and a half. Okay? So, like, this guy, since 2017, has only had two UFC fights. Now, he's not old, right? He's 28. Like, but guy coming off a three and a half year lay, layoff, that's, tip, that's typically not good, right? Typically, it, typically you want to fight a little bit more to get a little bit more, you know, cage ready, I guess. So, <coughs> is, <coughs> is it possible that Benito Lopez, who really doesn't do anything well, he's not a wrestler, he's not even that great of a striker, he's, he's, he's not, not anything, he's plus 520 inside the distance, plus 245 on the money line, Batista's the second biggest favorite on the slate at minus 290, plus 160 inside the distance. Uh, Batista can wrestle. Like, he can do everything, right? He's not a natural wrestler, but, I mean, like, he, he can take down, he can get on top, he can do whatever. Uh, it's quite possible that this line should have been minus 1,500, right? It, it could be. If Benito Lopez is not, is not cage-ready, it may look like Batista should have been, like, Minus 200 inside the distance. Could be. Now, it could be that Benito Lopez, without anyone seeing over the past three and a half years, getting extremely much better at something. And maybe the fight is closer than it should have been. But I think it's priced more like that. I think it's priced as if like, oh, this is Benito Lopez from 2019. But anytime I see a three and a half year layoff, it's like this is po- this is possible someone could get destroyed. And when someone could get destroyed, that's a lot of points. <coughs> so I'm leading much more towards <coughs> lineups that have Batista. And I would like to get Maverick in those lineups also. Because I, like I said, I think many people will not play Maverick because, I don't know, sexism, I guess. Right? But we see time and time again that, that some of some, that maybe not this fight, but a lot of female matchups that are lying this wide really shouldn't be that wide. But uh, Miranda Maverick is going to have such a physical advantage over Shanna Young. Uh, she's beaten her already in Invictus. So it's like like th- this this match has already happened. And Maverick has only gotten better. And Shanna Young really hasn't at all. And her what? Her last, she beat Gita Mazzani, which doesn't say much, okay? that I think that's, that's her only win in the UFC, maybe? I don't know. Something like that. So I'll be, I'll be trying to fit in lineups that are like, if I could get Maverick, Batista, and Shylin and fade the main event or play Lamos instead, like I'll be trying to make lineups that are more look more like this. I mean, this is an own lineup. Look how many fighters are in the year that are like this. But in these types of lineups, I want I want to play a guy. I want to play like Candelario, someone against a nine K fighter, right? I want to play like Sherman or Parisian in the middle. I want to avoid playing Daniel Rodriguez. It doesn't mean I play Magny. But the under the underdog that I that I like the most, that outside of like the more popular ones, are Ramon is Ramona Pascal. Female underdog against a UFC newcomer. 
Uh, Pascal could get killed. I mean, just understand. She basically has no striking defense and just basically barrels forward and tries to take you down. But if she can do that, she could score pretty well. Uh, I don't I don't know that much about Tamara's Vidal, but uh, anytime there's a there's a new new person, like maybe they get they're overrated. Like this line is the way it is because Ramona Pascal against like actual good competition is 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 not good. It's not good at all. But she has the potential, the potential of putting up a big score. And then you have seventy five hundred left. Then you fit you fit someone else in here. Like a lot of these underdogs, I don't like. But that's why it's like if I'm not going to play Hadley, I'll play Candelario. Right. If I'm not going to play, the problem is that Madsen and Minner are both going to be owned. And I don't want to play young. So I may be hanging out a little bit more in the in the mid-range, like a Johnny Munoz, an Ula Tagir Ulenbekov. And Ulenbekov could get like a million takedowns also. Like I don't think he's I don't think he's out of all the Dagestani fighters, I don't necessarily think he's very good. But <coughs> Nate Maness. Uh, essentially has, I mean, I, has no ground game. So if Tagir just takes him down, the fight may be over. So if I could do something like this, this is why, like, I'd love to play Maverick, and I think she's going to be much less owned because you can't really fit in that many lineups like this. Like, if I play Bautista, Nerdenbecki, Ulenbekov, like, yeah, now 7,800. Now, now I'm in, now I'm in business. Now I can play Glamos. My average remaining salary is eight thousand. I could, I could now. I have a lot more leeway to play, you know, play a lineup like this: Batista, Nerdebecki, Olinbekov, Lemos, Pascal, Sherman, like something like this. I mean, in large field, I wouldn't do this. Like, look at these ownerships. I mean, this is going to be duped. Small field, this, 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 this is probably okay. And especially if you if you leave out the main event. Like I think, I think the most likely scenario. I'm. I don't think I'm going to play much of a, a Marina Rodriguez because I think there's a good chance that at least two fighters above her score 100, 110, 120, something like that. My my expert survey hot take is that a nine K fighter puts up a hundred points and fails to make the optimal. I think it's one of those types of slates where Miranda Maverick puts up a hundred and ten points. And doesn't make the optimal because Batista has 120. Shylin has 120, right? Marina Rodriguez has 95, and you don't need her. Ulan Bekoff has 100, right? It's one of those things where one of these fighters up here, like, is not a top six score. It's a, it's a seventh highest score. We're just, and, <coughs> or is a top five score, but you can't fit in everyone. Like not none of the underdog, the big underdogs coming. Like Dawson wins and scores eighty five points, right? Hadley wins and scores ninety points, right? So Maverick puts up one ten, Batista puts up one twenty, shot Nurenbecki puts up one twenty, Ulenbekov puts up one twenty. It's like, well, okay, well if you play Batista, Nurenbecki, and Ulenbekov, like how do you how do you fit in anyone? Because like the the, the only underdog that wins is like maybe Pascal is the lowest, like every other favorite wins. So it's like the only way to build these lineups is, you know, something like something like this. Right. So you get those three in and Pascal Rodriguez or Fry or something like that. Like some of these fights are lined pretty closely, right? especially in the mid range, like the 8,500 level. I get, but based on these these odds and the ownership, 
Like, I'm much more likely to play the slate as if, like, barely any underdogs win. Because Daniel Rodriguez is going to be popular. Lamos is going to be popular in the main event. Derek Minner is going to be popular with first round submission or bust. Madsen is going to get some ownership against Dawson. I think maybe I'm more likely to play Madsen against Dawson. If Dawson's going to be popular, than play Minner against Shyland, maybe. Or maybe I just play Candelario and hope for the best against Hadley. It's not a very good matchup for him. But Candelario, that, that first round submission, Candelario is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I don't think he wins. Right, he's plus 600, not very good, but he's going to be like 18% versus like Mitter being 28%. I think their win conditions are fairly similar. So I don't know. That's the that's the MMA slate, right? It's hard to figure out duplicated types of lineups where a lot of these fighters are going to be fairly even in ownership to each other. Like, obviously, if you're going to play, a, like, a, a Magni, Ginyu Fry, a Ludovic, Sholini, and Shanna Young lineup, yeah, you're going to be you're gonna be fine. You're going to be fine. But it's like, if all of these fighters, if we have Maverick and Batista and Dawson and Nernebecki and Rodriguez and Munoz and Ulenbekov all in, like, the low 30s, Shea Sherman <coughs> at 30%, Dana Rodriguez at 30%, Lemos at 30%, Minner at 30%. I just don't know what combinations am I am I looking to avoid for large field stuff. For small field, I I think you're you 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 could be fine with a lot of the different combinations. But like I said, I think I'm more likely to avoid the Dawson Madsen fight and hope that it's just two wrestlers canceling each other out. Then trying to get Maverick in if I could. But seeing, I mean, I, I'm the reason why I think she's going to be lower owned is because I'm trying to put make Maverick lineups, and it's hard to get people in. I think people, it'll be like I don't, I don't think people will play Benito Lopez or Ludwig Sholinian or or play Shani Young. Well, he can't play Shani Young in those lineups, or play Candelario in those lineups. I just don't think people are clicking this way. I think it's more likely that Maverick comes in at like thirty four percent owned. And a lot of that goes towards Dawson and Rodriguez and Munoz and Ulenbekov. So you don't have to play like, so you don't have to play Derek Minner. I think a lot of Maverick lineups have Madsen or Minner in it. Madsen, Minner, or Lemos, or two of two of these. So if you're going to play a Maverick lineup, maybe you don't play Lemos, Minner, or Madsen. And then you have to go, well, maybe Benito Lopez learned something in three and a half years. Maybe Candelario could get a submission over Hadley. Probably not, but could. Probably have to do something like that. Which doesn't make it it doesn't make you feel comfortable. But that's what UFC DFS is. If you're building a lineup that you feel comfortable about, it's probably not a good lineup. Right? Not for large field GPs. Okay. Nice short show going over the MMA slate. You could listen to the Ground and Pound podcast, uh, Mike and Liam. They went over uh, every every single fight, broke it down. I'll be listening to it when it comes out, right? Uh, so uh, sign up for Roto Grinders a Core Combo Premium. You get NFL, <coughs> you get MMA, you get PGA, you get NBA, you get everything. You get everything. You have tons of content, tons of premium content. You get the NBA projections. 
The statistical projections I use for prize picks. I've been doing well on prize picks. For NBA, yesterday, I, what, how many, what did I have yesterday? There was only two games. I had four. And I, I got all four of them. I got all four of them yesterday. I didn't even check. Right? I, I Draymond Green over seven and a half points. Jokic under 25 and a half points. Looney under seven and a half rebounds. And Bacero over two and a half turnovers. All four of them. And then the night, the day before, let's see, what was the day before? Oh, I had a bunch of those. Okay, that, that's a day ago. I've been doing well. I've been doing quite well on them, right? I think the day before I went 14 and seven, which is a good day. And you could just go on prize picks. And our said, if you're a premium member, you get the Chrome extension. And you could go right on prize picks and it'll just, it'll overlay. It's the easiest thing in the world. Like, dude, like once I see, like, I don't know. I don't know if they updated the projections. I mean, let's make sure that you're using current projections. Let's take a look. Just to show you. Value add. Right, okay. There's a 10 a.m. projections. Okay. But if you go on prize picks, you go to NBA. Like you see here, you get the projection, our Roto-Grinder statistical projections overlaid over the people. So I could just scroll down and get say, oh, look, R.J. Barrett. Maybe you do with the under here, right? 19 and a half is the line. 17.34 is our projection. Maybe the, the, the under there, you just scroll. You go, and any big gaps? Tatum, we have for three points higher than this, right? You start, you start looking through, right? Right, you see what you could find. When more comes out throughout the day, you, you know, check it out anymore. You go to every, any category, right? Rebounds, Buddy Healed, five and a half. The line's at four and a half. That doesn't look that bad, right? Right? This is all you do, right? What, what, what do you need to know about basketball? Nothing. Nothing. You don't need to know anything. We Our projections team comes up with, it does, does all the work for you. And you go through and. It overlays the statistical projections. You go, okay, buddy, healed, over, right? You pair that up with another one that has a big discrepancy. and You make as many pairs. That's what I do. I make as many pairs as I can, right? So I've, I had four yesterday. You pair A with B, A with C, A with D, B with C, B with D, C with D. There you go. Get six. You pair them all together and yeehaw. 25 bucks each, 50 bucks each, something like that. And, Make a couple hundred bucks. Easy, easy peasy. You don't even have to do it at, at, at lineup lock, right? So this is this is something that I'd be looking at like now throughout the course of the afternoon. Obviously, seeing if, if there's any you know injury statuses we have to worry about. Yeah, this is it's NBA. Look at look at this. Look at look at NBA. Look at this questionable. Embiid questionable. Mitchell questionable. Davis questionable. And Edwards, Gobert, Adebayo, Simons, Van Vliet, Garland, like people that actually matter. Right? We're not talking about Matthias Tybel or Romeo Langford. And then it doesn't matter what these Q tags are because there's going to be someone that's going to be out or or out like four hours from now that wasn't even on the report. doesn't matter, right? But that's NBA. So you can get all of that. You get the prize picks extension, combo premium package. Subscribe to, to, to Roto Grinders. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Join me in the Discord. I got my own channel, Blender's Game Theory. We'll have another coaching. We have another Zoom coaching session coming up on Tuesday, right? There's no NBA. There's no pretty much no nothing on Tuesday. It's election day. <coughs> but I'm doing a Zoom coaching call. They're they're pretty informative. Very good conversations. So join me there. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those thummy thumbs, right? I survived. I kind of survived. I there were a couple of coughs in there. 
but I think I think I survived. I don't know if I would have survived a, an hour long show. Like I'm getting to the point where I feel I could maybe not talk that much anymore. But uh, I think I survived. Hopefully, uh, I'll, I'll down another bottle of Dayquil over the weekend, and uh, hopefully, be back back to full strength on Monday. Right. So I'll, I'll join you then. Right. Answering your DFS strategy questions, like I always try to do, at least Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern. On the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.